Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Straight Talk for the Soul series. I'm Carrie Murphy. It's a new day. It's a new week. It is a joy to be here with all of you. Welcome to our unity community and our sacred circle. Uh, I want to extend a bright and a beautiful good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all of you tuning in from around the world to help me welcome author, teacher, astrologer, intuitive counselor, energy healing practitioner. Uh, Irma K. Sawyer is here to talk about personal empowerment through intuitive uh, astrology. So welcome home, beautiful souls. This is your safe haven. It is a soulful sanctuary, a healing oasis, so that you can just come somewhere every day, feel like you're at home with soul family. Um, it's my greatest intention that you feel a really beautiful sense of acceptance, safety, belonging, and oneness here. Uh, the energies and the qualities of cooperation, collaboration, uh, kindness, and compassion always flowing here. And may today's journey illuminate and ignite unique cosmic gifts and stellar treasures for you. Uh, just sit back and relax, breathe, open, and receive. We are so thankful uh, that you found your way here today. And now it's time to ask my favorite question, uh, what is the best that could happen today? Well, set a clear personal intention for what you wish to gain or experience or feel. Uh, my intention with our gathering is to be a clear and pristine communicator of divine light and love and selfless service to allow for the greatest openings into peace and healing and harmonization uh, and empowerment for all of us gathered here. Uh, write in if you want to. Let us know how you're feeling. If you have any questions uh, for Irma Kay, write them in there or raise your hand, uh, star two to raise your hand. Um, we're going to go for general questions today. If you have big picture astrology questions, uh, we won't be doing personal readings because that's in the special offer. So again, if you have big picture, you know, questions about um, just forecasting, astrological forecasting, um, that would be great. And uh so I'll be checking in there and would love to hear from you. Um, and now about Irma Kay Sawyer. She is an author, teacher, astrologer, intuitive counselor, energy healing practitioner. Uh, she's been in professional healing and counseling since 1996. She's taught classes in the U.S. and abroad. She's the author of five books. Uh, two were in the top ten in their categories upon their release. And today we're focusing on uh, knowledge and empowerment through intuitive astrology. We're going to talk about the eclipse season of 2022 and its long-range effects for us. We're going to talk about the implications of the mystical connection of Jupiter and Neptune and Pisces in 2022 that hasn't occurred since 1856 and won't occur again until 2188. Uh, we're going to look ahead at the cosmic weather of 2023. Uh, we're going to talk about how to work with planetary influences like retrogrades and moon phases for maximum benefit. So I am excited. Let's dive in. Please join me in extending waves and waves of love and light and joy to Irma Kay as I welcome her to the show. Hi, my dear. Hey, good morning. I'm so hey. happy to be here again with you. <laughs> Me Thank too. You. I love your energy and your empowering, uh, you know, you're just very inspirational. And as we talked about before, you're going to give us a silver lining of some of the uh, <laughs> the things that are happening. Um, <laughs> right. 
Absolutely. On a little side note, I'd love to someday take a look at your chart because you are a pristine communicator, my friend. Absolutely. Oh, I really admire you. your ability. Oh, you're just you're tremendous with that, and um, I just uh, I, it's such an honor and, and so much fun to be on your show. You really do create such a beautiful space for us all to just kind of gather within. So I'd love to look at your chart. Uh, mm. Sure, <laughs> yeah, juicy, we'll talk juicy. About that yeah, let's look at that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yes. fun for me. So thank you. Okay, it'd be fun for me too. But um. Well, let's tell people a little bit. It's been a while since you were here. Um, you know, I've done this show, this particular one for, I guess it's six and a half years now, and it's been quite a few years since you were here. Um, so for those who may be new to you, my dear, just, I mean, you do a lot. I mean, you incorporate the astrology, um, with, you know, healing, energy healing. Um, you're a writer. So talk with us a little bit about your journey or what was significant, um, that feels worth mentioning. Well, wow, thank you. That's a great question. Um, I have kind of a different approach to astrology, whereas, you know, very much is intuitive astrology. And I think people like me that, you know, look at a chart and it looks like Greek and <laughs> maybe have a little anxiety looking at it because you don't really understand what's going on. Um, I'm definitely not an academic astrologer. I'm very much an intuitive astrologer. And the planets, um, especially the moon, started speaking to me when I was very young. And as you know, I am a channel, and I work with um, guides in the Akashic realm. And I also just started really sitting with the planets. And again, the moon, you know, the wonderful La Luna was my kind of initiation. I've been writing uh, full and new moon reports, my goodness, for, I don't know, at least 15 years now. So that was, and I grew up around some astrologers, and I was always very interested in it. Um, but I really didn't, you know, I had to kind of develop it over time because it is obviously a really deep and massive undertaking. It's kind of easy to get overwhelmed. So anybody that's out there that's a student, um, I just really recommend that you, I talk about the little bite size, like I offer bite size readings and there's little ways that you can look at your chart in a small way where you don't get overwhelmed by the bigness of it all. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of a little trick that, you know, that helped me learn it. And I've also been very blessed with incredible teachers. Um, Jupiter in the seventh, that's blessings of teachers. And that's definitely mm -hmm. something, an area where I've been really fortunate to study with some of the great, I feel some of the greatest astrologers that are on the planet right now, which is tremendous. So um, right. that's a little bit about that. But yeah, I think mm -hmm. it was really about receiving, sitting with the full and new moons and really listening to them. And I think another way that cosmic weather, which is my name for it, of course, which is a little different than a traditional reading is, you know, there's always things that are traveling with all of these aspects. Like every full moon is different because it's based on, you know, the co what's what I call the co-travelers. So, and also yeah, the co-travelers. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, the co-travelers. Uh -huh. Like what are the other planets doing? Do we have any oppositions? Do we have you know, what's really going on. So, but even, even on a higher level than that, that's one level, but then you can get to a, you know, an etheric level where you're communicating, like, what is the energetic signature of this particular full moon or new moon? And this is especially prevalent with eclipses. Eclipses, of course, are very powerful and each one is very different. So mm -hmm. that's kind of really my approach. And it's, um, oh, it, it only took me about 25 years to develop. Right. 
<laughs> yes, but I love yeah. that because you incorporate so much into it. And as you mentioned, being a channel um, and an energy healer, in addition to all of this, there are so many layers and levels to what you can bring through to this. So being a channel with, as you said, the guides in the Akashic Realms, um, what would you say is the significance of someone learning about their uh their astrological chart if they if they may maybe they know a little bit but what is the um what are the benefits of someone really delving a little deeper especially that's as a, a light question. worker yeah that's a wonderful question um because basically if you look at in evolutionary astrology which is one of the methods that I've studied if you look at this as a tool for your evolution and your chart as a blueprint for your soul in this particular incarnation, right? So you can look at where are the areas do I have strengths? Where do I have weaknesses? Where am I going to need a little help or bolstering? Where do I maybe have um, some blocks or things that I need to overcome, right? Mm -hmm. For example, Jupiter is, you know, we call Jupiter the the cosmic wink. The Buddhists refer to it as as like the merit. So what? It's the gifts that we brought forth. So this is a good place to start. Like what what are the gifts? And I mentioned that I have Jupiter in the seventh, so I have a blessing of teachers, positive, you know, really advanced teachers that have been gifted to me. So that's just an example. The Pluto, and for example, is your transformation. What area of my life, right? The houses are the areas that we work through these energies. So if you look at, for example, where your Pluto is. This is where you bring your transformational energy. Speaking of that, my Pluto is in the 10th house. So my career is about transformation because right. that's your career house, right? So that's, mm-hmm. this is how you could really take just a, you know, you could take one planet and sit with it and look at the house that it's expressing itself through. And you could learn quite a lot about yourself. You can get a lot of great insight from that. And then, of course, mm-hmm. when you look at all the planets and you put it together, then you've got a you know a bigger picture. We also have the north and the south nodes, which have to have to do with your journey as a soul. Where you've come is the mm-hmm. south. Where you come from and where you're going is the north. So this is a nice kind of a lighthouse. If you can, you know, I kind of see it as the image as you're on the sea, you know, away from the shore. And what are, what are we guiding towards? This light of the north mm-hmm. node, right? Where are we going towards? So those are just a few ways. You know, the nodes really kick in when people are over 40. That's kind of a, a mid, a more of a midlife aspect, for example. Right. But yeah, there's right. a lot, there's a lot of, lot of ways that you, we can use this for, for insight into our personality. And, and considering that they're all energies, right? If you look at mm-hmm. them as, as, as energies that all exist on our field, then that kind of takes it to another level also. Absolutely. And, you know, people who listen to a show like this, they're, they're interested in uh, conscious evolution and in, you know, participating in a very deliberate way in their, uh, their journey, um, as a soul. So, um, that's what I love about you is just bringing all of these components into it. And you also, you're a medical intuitive as well. I mean, yes. Yes. How did well, how and when did that come become a part of things? That's that's my specialty actually as a reader. Um it, it's what I really enjoy doing and uh you know that's thank you for asking that question. Um as some people that have heard me in interviews on other shows mention, I have a connection with with Edgar Casey who was one of the greatest medical intuitives that mm-hmm. ever lived and he started coming to me as a child 
on the astral before I even knew who who this guy was. And did you uh, see him physically or just feel him? Oh no, in dreams. In dreams he came okay. to me. Okay. Yeah, and um, the the cover of my book, Cosmic Love, has a key that looks like a skeleton key with the word love on it. The artist did a great job with that. And that was actually something that he gave to me in a vision. And the key, of course, it has to do, that is the symbol for Chiron, the asteroid Chiron, which is the wounded healer. Anybody doing healing work, it's important to know how that plays in your chart. But when I started, you know, working my path and doing energy work, and it grew, and I kind of developed intuitively. Then I started. I was really interested in people with more arc, you know, arcane issues that maybe were not being able to be sussed out by traditional allopathic medicine. I started getting a lot of people like that in my practice. Just all of a sudden, it was interesting. And then, then another really interesting thing. I think people that do energy work can can you know know what I'm talking about. I would go and get a whole bunch of people with the same condition. <laughs> it would be like the universe is going, you're going to learn about this this month, right? Or, you know, and it would change. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was really interesting. I would get a lot of people with the same condition. And the one thing that, that I, you know, conclusion I came to is that uh, light workers and empaths um, were having, you know, issues that maybe were considered subclinical a lot more common, commonly than other folks. They were uh, kind of likely to be misdiagnosed or underdiagnosed because there's such an um, esoteric and, and, you know, like that word subclinical. Like we're getting things before they've actually manifested, right? Okay. So it's all mm-hmm. about reading the etheric energy. Because as you know, if something's already manifested on the physical, it's not to say that you can't reverse it, but you, you have more of a journey, it's you have more, more work to do. Yeah. Yes, it's more well, challenging, right. So what are some of the main, um, with light workers and empaths, what do you see commonly, you know, as a medical intuitive, um, what do you see most? That's a great question. Um, I noticed, especially when I started kind of being aware of what was walking through the door, and this is when I had a hands-on practice. I did have a healing healing center in Orange County, California, for, for 10 years. So I did see a lot of people in person, whereas now I do my work, you know, I have clients all over the world and we're doing a lot of Zoom and distant work and whatnot. But Mm -hmm. I was seeing a lot of folks with digestive issues. Gee, Mm -hmm. not a surprise there. I've had those myself. (laughs) Uh, A little little third chakra action there. Um, Mm -hmm. I was seeing quite a bit of fibromyalgia and I was noticing, I wrote about this in my book, The Aquarian Healer, that there is a connection between trauma and those with fibromyalgia, like, and now the, the, the medical community, the allopathic community is actually echoing that sentiment, right? Like that's just kind of in the, in the literature now. But back then I was seeing it happen so much that, and of course trauma can be the base and cause of a lot of issues, but that was one corollary that I'm, that I made was that. Right. Um, another thing, big one, chronic fatigue. Epstein Barr. Mm-hmm. I went through a thing with my own healing with that in my 20s. Was very very ill with that and had to do a big journey to you know kind of climb out of that whole thing. And it took me a solid six months, but I did. And I worked with some um, some holistic practitioners. I worked with an herbalist um, and a holistic doctor. But th- those mm-hmm. are the main conditions because we have. And when you look at Epstein Barr or chronic fatigue. Not only is there a trauma element, 
there is a a disempowerment element. There's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that feel that they're not in their power when they, um, they're literally, and you can see it etherically. You can actually see that they have leaks or holes in their energy field, which of course need to be addressed. So you can see that that's one of your um, abilities is to see these energy leaks. Yes. Yes. And also cording. There's energy cording that goes on, right? Mm -hmm. Cords can exist between individuals. They can also exist between the past. People can have, you know, energies, a lot of their own energies that are not even in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Um, In shamanic terms, you know, there's, they call that, you know, soul loss. Or, and then, of course, you have what's called a soul retrieval to bring the energy back home. So that was a lot of my training, too. But before I got into the Akashic work, I was trained in shamanic work. So I found that the languaging kind of, you know, crossed, crossed over into these different um, fields mm-hmm. because we're pretty much describing the same thing. We're just using different language to talk about it. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. What What do you enjoy doing more, like the the natal chart readings, like you're offering here today, or the medical intuitive readings? You know, I love I love everything that I do, and I, yeah. I feel so I so I feel so fortunate. And the joke is because my son's a Capricorn, and I tell this to other Capricorns. You better enjoy your work because you're going to be doing a lot of it <laughs> is uh, yeah. one thing that I've been known to say. Um, I do work a lot, but I enjoy the work. Um, as I've gotten older, I definitely have, you know, found time for more uh, R&R and, and vacation time. You know, I've found a way to balance that out. Um, I've always I've always worked a lot because I really enjoy it. And it's very satisfying, you know, especially healing work. I mean, you know, just carrying your show, that the kind of light and healing that you bring to so many people through your show, through the amazing guests that you have here. I mean, that that just it's a it's a feeling like no other to be of service at that level. So I, you know, there are different things, and I like that I do different things because then it's always interesting to me. Yes, and it, well, you know, well, then it's it doesn't not just a, or anything. A, a plain yeah. reading, as so to speak. So because. Like, say when you do these, the full natal birth chart readings, um, uh, would you also kind of bring in a little bit of, of the Akashic, um, uh, you know, whatever you're feeling or sensing from that to support them, you know, whether it's with their, their career, you know, as a light worker or, or do you just stick to, you know, the, uh, the astrological alone? That's a good question. I I have a guide in the Akashic that's actually an astrologer, and his name is Simon. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> well, I needed some I needed some help, you know. <laughs> I wasn't feeling confident, especially when I first started, and you know, especially be, me being around all these. I wrote a post about this the other day, where I said, if you're around geniuses all the time, you might start doubting your own intelligence. Right. Because I've been around, I've been blessed to be around these incredibly, amazingly gifted astrologers. And I always kind of felt a little inferior. But the thing with me is I love to be, you know, I used to say I used to love to play tennis with my teacher that was so much better than me. Like that, that's just kind of part of my own, how I operate. Right. So what I do, so we've got um, Akasha guidance that comes through. Um, in every reading that I do, and I appreciate that question. 
Um, and the way that they'll kind of interpret, they'll kind of guide the reading is there's there's so many areas that you can focus on. This is why you, you don't really go to one person. It's a, a natal chart reading is definitely not a one and done because there's so when you go to a reader, you're looking at their background, you're looking at their training, their own interpretation, right? I mean, I still have people looking at my chart, and I've had my chart read probably 12 or 15 times, to be honest, mm -hmm. because every time somebody reads it, it's like they actually could maybe bring, I'm still learning from my own chart, which is right. astonishing to me, but I, oh, I still right. am. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and it's why when you mentioned looking at mine, I'm like, yeah, I, I like that. I mean, I've had mine read quite a few times over the years, but mm -hmm. I hear something different from each reader because of their unique, you know, capacities and gifts, and you know, there's their uh, cosmic support teams, and it sounds like yours is a. Uh, um, really qualified <laughs> to support. <laughs> Thank you so much. Cosmically uh, qualified. Cosmically qualified. Um, I love that. That's great. And yes. you know, another thing, too, is I have, as far as evolutionary astrology, which mm -hmm. was uh, kind of fomented by Jeff Green, Jeffrey Wolf Green and Stephen Forrest, that's really, I have a basis in that, even though I've studied other types of astrology. That, But that really looks at, for example, I talked about Pluto. Pluto is very important in that particular system, for example. And there, you, there's a lot of depth that you can get to with that as far as what people are actually bringing in challenge-wise. But it's also where the gold is, right? Because it's like, it's our power. Pluto represents power in the chart. So there's just that one little thing you can really get, a, you can glean a lot of information just from that one thing. But I also like to look at the nodes, like I mentioned before. I think it's important to look at where, where people have been as, as, and also where they're going. Uh, but the guides, what they do for me is they will, this is what they help me with, is I sit with the chart. I call it percolating on it is my expression. I like to sit with the chart and look at it and let it speak to me. And this is a, a type of technique. Like, for example, when people are learning tarot, like, for example, they'll have you meditate on a card. You look at the card, you meditate on it until the image becomes internalized to you. That's a method of learning for through these symbol systems. Right. So that's that's mm -hmm. one one way that I do it. But I definitely will be use guidance to little areas like are there conjunctions are there two planets that travel together. You know, there's certain little pieces of the pie that you can kind of pull out of the equation. And that that's yeah. like I said, I think where the intuition comes in, because I think honestly, all most all astrologers, it is an intuitive art. art absolutely. You know, um, I, I think that if anybody's just coldly reading the glyphs, they're they're not going to be all that successful <laughs> as an astrologer because I think it was designed to be interpret interpreted, mm -hmm. uh, you know, intuitively to a certain degree. Well, yeah, and that's why I mean our whole topic today was you know knowledge and empowerment empowerment through intuitive astrology. Um, yes, and so uh, I want to dive a little deeper into getting some information and knowledge from you about, you know, the eclipse season of this year, um, its long-range effects for us. Um, we did talk about this a little bit with T Peter Tung recently, but um, I want to hear from you, uh, you know, your take on all of this. Oh, Peter's fabulous. I need to listen to that show. I, I'm going to be sure to listen to that replay. Um, 
these eclipses, I probably don't have to tell your audience with how big they really are, right? They're very big when you have, when you have Scorpio and Taurus. And so kind of how is that? We opened up the season with the new moon and it was conjunct the south node. And this is a very interesting dynamic because you have something new, which is the new moon, which is seeding, but then you've got the south node, which is the past. So what this is showing us, and then also we have a stellium of Scorpio, which is all, there's that Pluto again. What's in the shadow? What needs to be up for transformation? That's how we opened eclipse season was that. And then with this really big, you know, lunar eclipse that we had, Blood moon past week. I really feel like we're going to be dealing with the effects of this. Um, intuitively, I got that I think that we'll be soaking in this energy, so to speak, until in bulk, which is in February of next year. And um, what are the impacts and effects from your perspective? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the the new the full moon was conjunct Uranus and the North Node. Uranus is the change maker, big time. And there's that North Node, which is about the future. One way that I describe this, and this is what I saw, I called the new, the full moon, a love letter to the future. That's what I called it. (laughs) And people really love that. Yeah. (laughs) That really landed with people. And like I had the, you know, the, the emoticon of the little, you know, airplane. And, and I also had an image of all of this stuff, quote, stuff that's happening in 3D. You know, not all of it being pleasant, of course. But here's that energy that's on an airplane that's literally flying above all of it, that's got its eyes on the future, right? So this is really what we're soaking in, is this is so, like, evolutionary on a really profound level. And as you and I were talking about before we started the show, Uranus can bring shocks, and they sometimes are really painful and not fun. But what Uranus does is it moves out stagnant energy, this is the universe going, okay, this isn't working for you anymore. You know, I, it's not time, it's time to let this go and not carry this into like a greater, more evolved and healed version of yourself. Right. right. So this is kind mm-hmm. of what we're, and since this is so powerful when you have a moon conjunct those, those other items, this is why I feel it's going to take a while for us to, to for these energies to what I call fully land because mm-hmm. they're do, they're doing so much. Right. They really, really are. So, yeah, I think that this is um, what really a very important cycle, especially as we move into the next year also. Right. So in in working with people, you know, just say in the last week or two, um, you know, what have you noticed with them? What are they going through with, you know, this recent eclipse and the energies right now? I've, I've heard that people have got, have gone through some shocks. Um, the majority, a lot of them are not particularly pleasant, but as you know, since we have <laughs> such wonderful people in our community that are working on, you know, such a way, beautiful awakening beings that I'm, I'm loving their, their patience and their ability to just go, okay, I may not, under, that's the thing about eclipses is you don't, you may not understand the process. So I think the you know people that are, especially they've been following my work long enough they 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 know not to try to extrapolate it and figure it all out and it's not it's not mental what that what's happening a lot of it is not mental especially it depends if you had an air sign eclipse then it would be more mental these are far more visceral 
your body, because mm-hmm. Taurus affects your physical body. So I'm hearing, oh, all kinds of people had to have surgery, or they know someone that had to have surgery, for example. Second house, it's our it's our resources. There's been shifts in that. Oh, I I lost a job, but I got another one, or I'm right. you know upgrading in my career. So again, I think that's a good example where maybe there's a job loss, and there's that moment of oh, shoot, what what am I going to do to just kind of be able to sit in the trust? Because I think trust and faith are very much key words for going through an eclipse yes. portal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what keeps you in the flow and, uh, you know, kind of halts that, that resistant state, um, you know, and, and, and it's something to cultivate, you know, that faith and trust and flow state is, a, Absolutely. is certainly something that you cultivate very consciously. But in doing oh, so, yeah. you uh, you can glide into the, the new opportunities, the new solutions, the upgraded, you know, um, timelines, really. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah, that's a good, great point. And also to not, I've learned to just, if you're having an off day and, you're not really able to get into that zone to just go, okay, we're going to try again tomorrow. Right. That's the beauty yes. of it. Yes. <laughs> well, day. and you know, Have yeah, it's one go. of those temporary waves and you just write it, it, you know, tomorrow will be different. Um, yes. And, yes. and you don't fight it, it yeah. or resist it. Um, and I know that you wanted to talk about this, the implications of this connection of Jupiter and Neptune and Pisces this year in 2022 uh you say it hasn't occurred since 1856 and won't happen that's again until 2188 is that right that's my that's my research I, i'm hoping wow. that is firm but yeah mm-hmm. it's um i i love it and then we've got it now um through december 21st which is interesting it's going to be with us all the way to the uh to the solstice isn't that interesting? Okay. And what yeah. is it? What, what are the implications? What are the? What's the impact of this? So Jupiter and Neptune are currently in Pisces, right? Pisces rules the twelfth house. It rules mysticism and cosmic consciousness. Um, when it's in its shadow, it's you know it's power leaking. It's uh, codependency, the victimhood program, uh, all of that kind of thing. But when it's what and it's what I call its highest octave. It is envisioning, it's compassion, um, it's love. Again, I mentioned cosmic consciousness. Jupiter expands what it touches. So basically you have an expansion of cosmic consciousness to kind of break it down in simplistic terms, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other things I could say about it, but that that kind of is it in its essence. So how do we work with that? We work with that through your your program, uh, meditation, whatever our spiritual practice is, right? Again, going back to that faith, uh, you know, hope and faith and trust, those are very Piscean aspects because that's saying, oh, I maybe don't entirely understand what's going on mentally, um, but I'm going to just kind of, you know, sit in this ocean. I'm going to rest in this ocean of cosmic mm-hmm. consciousness where there's so much love and support there, right, in the higher realms for us. So that's, and again, yeah. Jupiter being the spiritual teachers. So this this also draws um, beneficent teachers and energies closer to the earth plane, which I completely love. <laughs> What's mm-hmm. not to love about that? So yeah. the way to work with that is to consciously take time every day and 
focus on whatever, you know, the individual spiritual practices. That that's the application of that energy. Absolutely. It's it's a renewed commitment, but it's to new practices, you know, new behaviors, new choices that support that cosmic connection and consciousness. And it means I mean, it's such a joyful devotion though, because you expand that um that connection, that cosmic connection. And but it takes some quieting and <laughs> um, yes. you know really examining yes. the practices of you know your particular practices are they benefiting you or are they not is it time for an upgrade um, what would support you in opening even further and that's been coming through a lot you know make sure that you know your um, behaviors and practices and choices you know um if they're ready for an upgrade, upgrade them. It doesn't mean that they didn't work in the past, but it's time for even um, highly elevated, you know, uh, behaviors and yes. practices. Is, uh, yes, absolutely. Feeling. That's that's but, so uh, right on. I mean, that that's what I love too is like connecting with people that don't necessarily use the symbol system of astrology, but they're in, where you know you're intuitively you know, leaning into it, you're, you know, that's really right on par, right? Because you're just tuning into the universal energy in your own way. So that's what I, I love about comparing notes with people is that we get together and we find that we're kind of all on the same page, no matter how, you know, whatever our background or symbol system is. <laughs> right. So that's right. Right. Cause it's like, Oh, there it is. Right. So that's really yes. validating, you know, for, for all of us. You know, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. And the, another little interesting little point to bring up is the 12th house has to do with the 12th house and the 8th house are houses that have to do with mediumship because they're especially the 12th, the realm of Pisces, which is literally the other realms. I have been seeing so many people that don't necessarily have training in mediumship um, because, as you know, we are in an exit portal. There have been many beings in the last four years that have, you know, exited this realm. And this is one thing that Casey predicted about this time period that's very, very accurate is that so many people are going to be able to communicate with those in non-physical realms. And even people without so-called training in it, yes, the veils are thinner, right? And especially when you have Jupiter and Neptune together in Pisces, it's going, it's really going to thin those veils whether we're talking to loved ones or ancestors or whether we're talking to angels or other benevolent beings, right? Mm-hmm. So that's something that's really been very cool to observe for the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned Edgar Casey again. You talked about him in, toward the beginning of the show that he came to you when you were younger. Are you still? Seven. Do you still have a <laughs> seven? Yeah, a lot yeah. younger. Um <laughs> Does he still come to you from time to time? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, ha- and, and how's he, that? He's, he's still, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I will um, consult him on some of the, the more difficult. If I, if I hit a wall or about a, a particular uh, person that I'm working with, he'll um, give me my guidance. It's interesting. I, I really haven't talked about this very much in public. And um, <laughs> it feels it feels kind of good. It feels like it's time to come out of the closet about this. So thank you, Carrie. That's what I'm here um, for. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're here for. To get it, yeah, spe- speaking of getting out of the spiritual closet, I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, but, yes, he actually, I do have a soul connection with him. I have known him in previous times. And he's shown me that. And I've, oh, I, I've been shown that in the Akashic Records, I should say. 
And he was really instrumental in my own journey in my Akashic training. So when it was in that period, he was around a lot more strongly. Um, but it's interesting. People that, that anybody that reads my, my work, um, whenever I cite a being that's called the librarian, it's, that's who that's it him? is. That's him? It's him. Okay. It's him. Yeah. yeah. Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's still uh, over there guiding, and he's a very, very big soul and energy. And he talks to a lot of people. I mean, he certainly doesn't just talk to me. He, he's in contact with many, many beings because um, his oversoul is, is still working over there. Yeah. <laughs> so. For those yeah. who are unfamiliar with Edgar Casey and his work, I briefly describe um, – what you what feels important to share just if anyone's curious oh sure who we're yeah. talking he, about um, <laughs> he he was known as yeah he was known as a sleeping prophet, the sleeping prophet. Um, he mm-hmm. was he was doing readings at the you know i'm trying to think of what year when that was in the 30s um mm-hmm. i don't remember when he when he when he passed but um he was doing this well ahead of you know, the curve, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, and he was, th- this is a good forecasting. example of <laughs> forecasting. He also did, mm-hmm. you know, work on, he did astrological work also. Um, he did, you know, prophetic work. A lot of it that, that has come to pass. Um, he, there's many, many stories about his accuracy that are mind blowing. The one yes. that comes to mind is there, there, there was a child that was very ill that was, and he did this all in trance, by the way. That's why mm-hmm. he was called the sleeping prophet because he was, he, he had six planets out of 12 in Pisces. So I, I don't even know how the guy was not floating away. I have a theory that this is why he smoked tobacco, which is another, <laughs> another conversation. But I feel like he was so ethereal out him. there that he had to ground, mm-hmm. you know, and also he grew up on a, on a tobacco farm and, and, you know, that's part of it. But um, there was a, there was a child that was brought to him that was very ill that he had been to, they'd been to many doctors, you know, it was kind of a dire situation. And he went in when he was in trance, he said the remedy that this child needs is at this drug, the particular pharmacist, it's on the third shelf. He gave them exactly where it was in the mm-hmm. pharmacy and they went there and that's where it was. And yeah. this child was saved. There are many well, stories like he's that. He's so well known for so many of his prophecies that, um, you know, uh, were, were realized. Um, but yes. I just think it's beautiful that you have such a, a unique and special um, uh, cosmic connection with him that, as you said, started when you were seven and um, can even come through now and supporting you in your work. And uh, that's beautiful. So. Wow, um, thank you for asking about that. I want to add a little thing really quick is my mm-hmm. connection to him when he first started coming to me is that he mentioned my father a lot. My father passed when I was three years old. I didn't know my father. He was a medical doctor, and he also – my father was what you would call a medical intuitive, even though they didn't call it then. Uh, he, he passed in 1969. But he would mm-hmm. – for example, he'd be at the hospital – before the patient was at the hospital, knowing that the patient was coming to the hospital. There's wow. a lot of stories about that, like that, about my father. And so I, there, that, the gifts that I have are very much from mm-hmm. that part of the family. And when Casey came to me, mm-hmm. yeah, when Casey came to me, he said, I, you know, I very much know your father. And it was really, that was my, wow. Casey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is 
so I'm so grateful to hear about all that, and it really helps, you know, understand, you know, maybe some of the uh, the background. I mean, with you being also a medical intuitive, in addition to all these things we're talking about, that your dad. Wow, that is so yeah. that's so amazing. Do, do it you is amazing. With your dad. What was that? Yeah, the Casey's connect to my dad. Well, do I feel? Oh, do I still connect with my dad? Yeah. Yes, I do. I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was the first being that I ever connected with um, in my own family on a on a mediumistic level, uh, spiritually. So I um, he came through the first time when I was about I think I was nineteen years old that he okay. came through in spirit. But I hadn't talked to him since then and. Yeah, his passing caused a lot of shock and devastation in my family. We had a lot of stuff we had to work through around that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I'm really happy that now, you know, there's been so much healing and transformation. Um, mm-hmm. He's still, both of them still, I will see them in the Akashic from time to time. But mm-hmm. I feel like I don't see as many of my, those kind of people, because I'm at a phase in my life and career where it's kind of about me. And um, I had to, I had to kind of go out on my own. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of what, when one of my teachers passed, it was a great quote. And um, the keeper said, when they, they use Star Wars, of course, because I'm a fan. And they said, when, when <laughs> Obi Wan, you know, goes into the ether, ether, it's like it's time for you to become Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. So when you've absorbed enough it's like of the teachings, trusting. And you, in your own yes. capacities and your That's own a, gifts and cultivating yes. that. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So in talking about all that and like Edgar Casey and, you know, just kind of the forecasting and all of these things, I want to talk to you about, you know, looking ahead, you know, as we're moving into 2023, um, it's right around the corner. Um, before we talk about 2023, is there anything astrologically um and intuitively that you want to share about what we have coming up in December? Oh, December. Well, you know what? I would say before that, like we, we, I, I want to talk a little bit about Sag season, which is going to um, start on new moon is on November 22nd, eleven twenty-two. How much do we love that? Um, yeah. <laughs> speaking of that, I want to give a little, little plug. I do free uh, donation based healing calls every month and they're welcome to, they're open to everyone. And I'm doing nice. one, the one for November is on the 22nd. So um, if anybody wants beautiful to attend day. those. Um, yeah, beautiful day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I feel like what, what Sag season is going to do is everything that's traveling with it. It's just going to be so bright. And we were talking about this on, on a call with some of my students that they were feeling that this was going to be such a special um, Yule and Christmas that it just was going to be so bright and beautiful and optimistic, you know, yay. There's a, there's a kind of a faith. <laughs> I know. Yay. I know. When you, when you get out Bring on it the on. Other side, I know. Right. I just like I kept seeing the, the star on the, on the top of the Christmas tree. But what another really interesting thing, I, I don't, I'll have to be brief on this, but there's, I work with something called Sabian symbols and symbol, these were brought through an incredible intuitive named Elsie Wheeler in the forties. Every sign has zero to 30 degrees, right? Every, 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 yeah, every sign. So for example, if you've got an eclipse, I'm just going to sit and do a random number, 14 degrees. So she would have a particular two or three sentence message that came through 
And the, the one of the messages that came through about this eclipse was about a Christmas tree. <laughs> okay. And I, it, it, yeah, and it, well, it really tied into what we were kind of feeling intuitively, like just move through these. Because, you know, Scorpio is not a day at the beach, right? It's heavy. It's a deep dive. It's a very, very deep dive. And for some people can find it doer or, or sad or even depressing, right? Because it's, you know, you have to go very deep. But when you come out and you're back on land, right, mm-hmm. then that's when you get you, you get the renewal. You get to really feel. The, all, I think all of those energies kind of land like, oh, this is the work that we did. Now this is what mm-hmm. we get to experience together. So, yes, I, I feel really um, positive about the holidays. Another thing I'm encouraging everyone to do is take if you need it take more time off. I have a crystal store for example. I'm close I close it every year on the 21st until January 2nd. <laughs> I take That's that whole right. time, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, because I feel like the thing about Capricorn when you get into Capricorn energy and in this part of the the world we're into the deep part of winter. Um, that's why sometimes I think it's, it, you know, with the holidays being so hustle bustle and people getting the colds and the flus and feeling run down is you're kind of going against the natural inclination of that time, which is to be quiet and yes. to be home and to be warm and go within. So mm-hmm. I really encourage people to kind of spread out their activity to where they can have more time in meditation, have more quiet time throughout the holidays. But I think December, I think the holidays are just going to be beautiful, and I feel really good about that new moon, about bringing, bringing an optimism and a joy. Oh, I love, I love hearing all of that. And I did not know that you had a crystal shop, too. I do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So many elements of your, of your, of your service work, of your light work. Of well, you your love this. You know, you know why? My son is in the Gemini house. It's in the third house, which is ruled by Gemini. So you know how Geminis are, lots of interest in different things. Keep I'm it interesting. Yeah, I've been I've been involved with Yeah, I've been interested in crystals my, my whole life. And I've been a retailer of them for um I guess about over twenty years now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Learning so much more about you today. Um Oh, it's so, so much fun. <laughs> it is fun. I'm having a great time. So I want to talk about moving ahead, the cosmic weather for 2023. Um, what do you want to share? There's a, yeah, I feel, there's a lot to share. Yeah, I have some notes here. I picked out what I thought was kind of the most important thing. Well, when you look at the numerology, I always like to look at the year. Um, I haven't even looked at the the Chinese yet, the animal yet for next year, but I've looked at um, the numerology which is a seven and seven years are deeply spiritual, right? So they're about healing. Um, they're about faith. This ties into everything we were saying. It's very much that, that Jupiter, that, that Piscean energy, it's reflective, it's inward, it's healing. Um, so that's going to be the theme for all of 2023. And an important thing to, thing to think about is 2024 is an eight and eight years are really powerful. They're really about manifestation. So we're this year we're in now is a six, which is all about harmony. So we're learning about what brings me harmony, what doesn't, how can I have greater harmony with other people. It's a relationship-focused year. And you get into the seven, which, of course, there's many references to how spiritual that number is. 
you know, whether the the chakras, mm-hmm. the seven churches, et cetera. So this is going to be, that's the focus we're bringing that into the next year. Another thing too, that people are, are interested in is there's, there's really no rule about when, like nobody has it nailed down as to when the quote age of Aquarius starts. This is a question we get a lot as astrologers, but I will say Pluto, which is a slow moving planet and very much affects the collective is moving into Aquarius next year. And that's going to cause what I call a sea change. It's going to be a very, very big change. It's only there for a few months and then it will retrograde back into Capricorn. And then eventually, um, so it's going to go into Aquarius on March 24th of next year, then it goes back into Capricorn in June, and then when it goes back into Aquarius on in January of 2024, that's where it's going to stay. I don't remember how many years it is. It's, meant, it's over 20 years. So this okay. is really, we're going for a focus, you know, we're changing the focus of, you know, kind of like, what's, how can you sum up the, the shadow of Capricorn? It can be selfish. It can be, it's oligarchy. It's corporatism. It's all of that kind of stuff. Whereas, and it's greed. There's a greed element, more for me, less for you. That's all in the shadow. Whereas Aquarius is, is pretty much like, hey, we're all, we have to learn to live on this planet as brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Right. It's very much mm-hmm. um, the we as opposed to the the me. And it's, you know, I, it's beautiful to see a lot. I've, you know, I've been hanging out with some younger, younger folks lately, Gen, Gen Z folks that I love. And it's really beautiful to see that theme and that sentiment with that group of people that are coming up. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like they know that we all have to find a way to live on this. Unity community. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, your yes. your unity community, and also we need to have an actual planet to live on. <laughs> we need that too. <laughs> so um, that that's important. You're right. There's no planet B, as the saying goes. At least it's not in this scenario. So that's kind of what we're looking at. Is a sh- I think a lot of light worker individuals are already in that mindset and in that consciousness. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're going to be making, having to make a big leap, but we're going to see society as a whole really wake up more to, oh, hey, we gotta, we gotta get it together. Mm-hmm. How can we start kindness. getting it together? Yeah, Con- yeah cooperation, kindness, collaboration. all of those great mm-hmm. things. Collaboration. Yes. What is it? Collaboration over competition. Yes. Yeah, those are all very Aquarian kind of views, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also, it's the, it's the bigger, it's very much the bigger picture. And Aquarius, too, it's it, it talk about cosmic consciousness. It, 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 when I think about it, I always think of the star card in the tarot, you know, the woman bringing through this, things that have never been on the planet before because it's the genius. It's a sign of the genius. That's what Uranus energy is. So we can expect a lot of amazing, you know, advances, technology, you know, and I, I see it really in, in healing technologies. Um, that are going to advance that will help people dealing with various various issues so yeah it's it's really exciting i mean i think it's a it's an amazing time to be alive as challenging yeah. as it is but I you know love it. i think the, inspiration yeah. um uh, empowerment you know good news and you know, we each participate in that uh, with our own energy and frequency every single day. So, um, but I love hearing all of that. And um, we'll we'll take maybe a few questions in a little while. Um, I want to talk about your offers. For those of you with your hands up, 
Again, it's star two to raise your hand. We're not doing um, private or personal readings. Um, uh, she will be taking questions on general questions that will benefit everyone, you know, big picture questions, forecasting questions. Um, so just wanted to give you guys a heads up on that. Um, so something that will benefit everyone. So, uh, okay, so before we do that, and, of course, you're welcome to write in if you joined us by computer. Um, Okay, let's go to your fun offers. You have three different offers that you have created for this amazing community. They can be found at straighttalkforthesoul.com. Uh, click on our Marketplace link. Uh, you will see Irma Kay's beautiful smiling face. Um, click on her picture. There are three different offers. Um, offer A is a bite-sized intuitive oracle reading. Um, what can someone gain from this? I guess they can um, – you take one detailed question of their choice. Is that what it is? Or how would you describe uh, this particular reading? That's – you know, what I, what I will do with that is they can do one detailed question, or if they want me just to bring through a message for them, uh, they can indicate that. And that okay. one I do – I don't know if I put that on there. I need their full name and their birthday for that one. Okay. Beautiful. And um, that's a good just for a little kind of a little introduction to, you know, my process and how how I work and uh, with the guidance team that I work with. I, I think that's a good kind of a good introductory you know place to start for some people. Mm -hmm. And that's a standalone offer. And then offer B is the full natal birth chart reading. Um, this, you know, you need the birth date, the place and time. Um for accuracy and uh as we were talking about earlier you really do kind of incorporate you know you have some cosmic support and it is intuitive it's not just a typical astrology reading so what do you want to share about this one um first of all it, it, i think it's in the notes there but if you don't have the time that you were born i can still do the reading it's just that the rising will be affected and the houses will be affected so it's really good it's not like some people think oh no i can't get it get the reading because i don't have the time so that's not true you, we can do it it's just not going to be as accurate as it would be if you had the actual time yeah. so there's that okay um and i would say that what i do is i like i mentioned i i percolate on the chart i sit with the chart and basically go with what i'm being drawn to share i do touch on many elements i cover all of the planets in the chart but if there's additional uh aspects or things that are that are calling me then then i'll be sure to to comment on those Okay, and you do deliver these readings uh, with a voice file. You'll email them, so you have the yes. time to go over their chart, percolate, <laughs> as you say, percolate. And come, yes, come up with all of the uh, essential um, information that you want to share with them, and then you record it, and then they can listen to it. Um, you know, as many times as yeah, they as need. Many times I know you were. Yeah. That's yeah. And, yeah. uh, and those are usually at least 30 minutes, 25 to 30 okay. minute recording. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that is offer B and then offer C is something we touched on earlier. Um, it's a medical intuitive reading with distance healing. So this is really one of your specialties, the, the medical intuitive readings. Um, uh, one of your primary areas of specialization. So, um, describe this a little bit more, especially if someone, um, came in late and maybe they didn't hear us talking about this earlier. 
Yeah, I love to talk about this. Thank you. Um, one little element that I didn't touch on before, but it's a perfect time to share it now, is in the Akashic, when I started working with the energy and also when I started teaching it, I came across something that the keepers, my guides in the, in the Akashic, call the physical avatar. And people that have read my forecast know that I've done a collective forecast that I call the, it's the collective physical avatar reading, which is kind of looking at the big picture of the collective and how, how light workers and sensitive people are being affected. So, but individuals also have something that rules their physical and emotional health energetically. So what I do is I actually connect with that in the Akashic and communicate with it. And, you know, a lot of times it has really detailed information or, you know, information that is hidden to the regular conscious mind. So that's, you know, a benefit that we have doing Akashic work, you know, in, involved with healing and reading because you can get very deep and find out, you know, what's going on. And for diagnostically, you can get very deep and very accurate information working at that level. So what information do you need from them when if they select the medical intuitive reading, what do you need from them? I need just their full name. Same thing I need for the for uh package A. I need their full name and their birthday only. Oh, and I also know well that one okay. I'd like to know. I well I'd also like to know what their issue is. I do need to know what issue they're working with, what they'd like me to work with. That one okay. I do need to have a little more information uh if they have and it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical issue it can be um a habit addiction uh, you know it can be you know we've had great success in the akashic with helping people release uh habits so these are mm-hmm. you know that's another way you can do that work with that yeah yes any emotional energetic um patterns that may be impacting their health and well-being <laughs> absolutely in some yes. way yeah. Okay, so um, that portion of the reading is delivered uh, via voice file to their email. Um, then it says the energetic healing portion is delivered in real time via appointment. Um, yes. Is that voice to voice or is it uh, a distant healing or how do you do that? I will set up a time with, with the client and for them to be sitting and receiving that. And there's that's not a communication that's for people. I know people here are probably used to receiving uh, distant healing through Reiki and, and that kind of thing. So it, it's similar to that. And then, of course, if they have uh, follow up comments or commentary or questions, then they can they can reach me with that. Okay. So the voice um, file reading, that is, you know, all the information that you receive regarding, you know, whatever. um medical, emotional, physical, energetic challenge they're having. Um, Absolutely. And it's a great mark, you know, how it, it's a guide because, okay, this, when I do the, when I actually do the energy healing portion, then it's a focus for that. You know, it's a greater focus for what we're doing with that. Mm-hmm. But it illuminates perhaps some just information and guidance on what's really happening? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, uh, Bridget from Vancouver just asked, with your medical intuitive sessions, do you, um, do remote with children? Yes. I've done a lot of work with children. I love, I love working with children. I bet she'd be great with them. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I love Um, it. Yeah. I have a real special 
thing with kids, and um, I, I really love working with them. In fact, yeah, I go, we could have a show all about my work with kids, Carrie. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Um, I've had a you're lot so of really playful. great results. I'll bet that you what would. That? Yeah. You're, I said you're playful and joyful. I'll bet they oh, respond well thank to that. You. So, Thank you. Um, I love children, and yeah, they I, they're very open to this work. And I was going to say, I have really um, helped some children in in situations where they were looking at being, uh, you know, overly medicated for certain things and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so spiritually, children tend to be very open to the work, and I do enjoy working with them. So thank you for that question. Um, another question: Do you work on the nervous system or vagus nerve issues? Um, I can work on those etherically. That's another good question. Thank you. I find that um, manual, like actual hands-on work for vagus issues is really, I think it's, it's kind of important to address that on both both aspects, on an energetic aspect. I know there's people that actually do, uh, body workers that actually do hands-on work for the vagus, depending on the particular client and what they have going on. Of course, that's a case-by-case basis. But generally, with vagus, I recommend both, and that's a very good question. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. A lot of people have written in um, with very specific Thanks, questions everybody. about their, about okay. their charts, though. So um, wow. okay. um, we want to keep things, you know, to where something, you know, the question would benefit everyone. So we're not doing um, personal uh, astrological yeah. readings here, just so you know. Um, let's see. Uh, Maria. Um, and this could benefit everyone. She said, hi, Carrie and Irma Kay. How exciting. It sounds like um, we should live more in harmony and see that we're all equal and have the same value on this earth and help each other. Thank you so much for such an interesting topic. I do wonder if Irma can say um, why um, we may often have problems with um, teeth cracking or um, is it something that you see in light workers or healers? Well, I, I would wonder why they're oh their teeth are are they are they grinding their teeth or are they just cracking? She said um, problems with teeth cracking despite good oral hygiene. Like maybe wow. the teeth are actually literally cracking. I think Maria, is that what you're saying? Um, uh, or maybe even teeth issues. Do you see that in in as being common for light workers or healers? You know what? That's that's an interesting question that's been coming up more just in the last couple of years. But mm-hmm. to answer that, I, I really didn't see a lot of that until recently. Um, I had an issue with one of my teeth having a little crack in it. Um, but that just, you know, was kind of a personal thing to me. Um, I'm wondering that that I think would have to be a case by case basis, because, as you know, the teeth have so much to do with your overall health. Right. There's so much going on with with mm-hmm. teeth. Because as you know, if you yes. have a tooth that, that's that's there's a problem with the tooth, it can create a lot of havoc in the entire system if it's not uh, treated. Another interesting thing to think about too, esoterically, but chiropractors know this. 
all of the teeth have nerves that are associated, you know, it's all connected. So if you look at the teeth as like on a holistic level, this is another little window because all illness, of course, is a signal. It's like saying, hello, <laughs> pay attention over here, right. um, getting your attention. So, right. So, I mean, I think without, you know, on one hand, I think that would be a case by case basis. But to answer that, I feel like it's, it's a window into the holistic system when you start looking at dental problems of any kind. And as mm-hmm. far as cracking, uh, you know, that's, um, that's kind of, a, you know, that's kind of a tough one. That's, um, but I hadn't even really heard of that, like I said, until recently. And I don't, I really don't know why I'm seeing more of that. But that's a good question. Yeah. I'm going to ruminate on that. So thank you. Um, thank you for that, Maria. I'm glad you're here. Uh, yeah, thank you, Maria. Yeah. Uh, Fatima from New York said, um, She's asking for a short or, or a short and long-term forecast for the upgrade and status in sovereignty for women and women's bodies and healing trauma, the witch wound, the curse of Eve. Anything you can share on the the shorter? I'm so glad. Forecast? I'm so mm-hmm. glad you asked that, Fatima. Thank you so much. Um, Eris, the asteroid, the goddess asteroid Eris, is an Aries. Everybody alive now has Eris and Aries because she it went into Aries in 1925. Or I should say everybody on this call, probably. We have had Chiron in Aries, which is conjunct Eris, right? We're gonna, we've had Jupiter in and out of Aries. It'll go back there again next year. So this is why you're seeing this powerful rise of feminine energy, of healing the feminine. Another interesting thing to mention, too, is that Eclipse, when it, the the new moon, it was uh, conjunct the south node. And the south node of Scorpio, when Venus is involved, is all about women. And it's all about subjugation of women, disrespect of women. Um, the witch wound would definitely be in, in there, too, because that has to do with fear, right? It has to do with people with their, you know, toxic patriarchy and fear of women's empowerment. So now we've got what we're traveling with it now is we've got Eris that's ready to (laughs) that's a real mover and shaker. But the interesting thing about that energy is a lot of people think, oh, you know, she is a warrior. Eris is an Aries is a warrior. But this is something I just learned that was blew me away. And it was very interesting. Eris in its most evolved form is about eradicating war from the face of the earth. It's not about fighting wars. It's about eradicating them. Dig that. Yeah. That's pretty deep, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, wow, so there's this image of this warrior, but she's not fighting to perpetuate war. She's actually fighting to end war, which I mm-hmm. love. And so I feel like now what we're looking with, every time we have these Scorpio connections and this comes up again, where, as we know, it's like people are fi- – we're seeing accountability in some areas that we have not seen at this level. I mean, I haven't seen this level of accountability in my life. And, you know, I remember I took a women's um, uh, women's studies class and, some you know, I was talking about when I was working in corporate America in the 80s and some of the stuff I had to deal with. And the, some of these women, they were so sweet. They came up and they're like, we're so sorry that you had to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so I feel like we're seeing, you know what I mean? Like there's there's there is progress because, wow, there's laws on the books now that you can't treat 
you know, women cannot be treated a certain way in the workplace. In the 80s, that wasn't all in, in play yet. So I think it's important to to hold on to the fact that there is progress happening. There absolutely is. Um, you know, unfortunately, like there's some things like in Iran and there's some still some corners of the world where there's some dark things that are happening. And we need to, of course, send light and love and pray and do our activism, however that is. But I think it's an absolutely amazing time to be aligned with a female body on this planet. So thank mm-hmm. you, Fatima. That's a great question. And I can yeah. say a lot more about it, but I, I, you know, the point is, is it's, it's up and up, you know, it's up and up for your sisters, you know, it's only going to get better. But, but yes, Fatima, thank you for being yeah, here. Yeah, keep yourself together and, you know, and you're going to, you know, don't let yourself be in the discouraged, you know, feeling discouragement too much. You know, again, we're going to have good days and bad days with this, but we need to remember that we're part of a, a beautiful global sisterhood that that's only growing. So. Thank you. For yes. That. Change and transformation um, up and up for sure. Yeah. So I want to take uh, a few or at least a couple of live callers. Again, it's star two. Um, <clears throat> when I come to you, if you could just give us your name and remember, we're doing general broad uh, questions um, and uh, no personal readings today. So, okay. I am going to. Um, I'm going to Sarah in Berkeley. Hi, Sarah. Hello. How are you? Wonderful. How are you, my dear? Oh, I've been going through a lot of stuff with the eclipse and with 1111, and um, which brings up my question. So I became aware that I had a theme for this, which is betrayal. And I got to wondering, because I'm really just beginning to explore astrology more. I feel like it's a valid system, but I don't follow recipes well. I just need angels talking in my ear or something usually. Um, I am wondering if things can be seen in our charts that have been in the past and if there's any way to um, see what the lesson was through astrology or does one have to go into the Akashic records for that? And if um, if it's there, if you can, if in a chart you can see that a pattern stops at a certain age, so that from you know now on this pattern would break. That's Great a good question. question. Hi, Sarah. Yeah, yes. you absolutely can. I mean, I would feel in in my case that when I'm looking at past influences, I I would definitely like use my intuition too, because of course I talked about the South Node. You know, you could see certain things there. When, you, when you're talking about the age in which patterns break, you're talking about tr- a transit reading, which is um, a little bit more advanced. So a transit, you know, reading is a more evolved, like basically all the planets are in a place when you're when you were born. But you can follow the course of these planets through transit, and you could see, for example, oh, at this age, you know, I'm just going to use my own chart for example. My son. Um, moved from Capricorn to Aquarius and then it moved into Pisces. When my son was in Pisces, I was dealing with some Piscean type of some elements or, you know, karmic elements. So you can use the chart through transits to to look at that, to look at dates. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, you can. You can use it that way, but in, you know, again, most a lot of astrologers are going to also use their intuition when interpreting a chart. But, yes, you can see themes, definitely. Okay. And that applies even if you're a walk-in, right? You take on the chart of the body when it was born? 
that I don't have as much experience with, but I mean, because I would say, wow, that opens up a whole other conversation. Do I do, do you do a chart on that date or do you do a chart on the other date? You know, that would be an interesting thing to do, to look at, right? To do mm-hmm. that there might be an, an additional, you know, additional chart to be run on that. Uh-huh. But um, do, do you see my point? Like, yeah, there, okay. there kind of is two different, there's two different dates there. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much. Thanks, Carrie. Always lovely to talk with you. Oh, thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Blessings to you, my thanks, dear. Sarah. And uh, okay, let me see here. Um, I'm going to go to now um, area code 732. You're live. Hello. Hello. I'm surprised Hi. I got called on. I actually had a personal Akashic record question, but uh, I'm not sure how that would apply to lots of people. But maybe you could just, I don't know, give me a general reading, a scan. Well, I can't really do a... I, I can't really do that now because I have to open your record, and I'm kind uh-huh. of in chatty mode right now. So, yeah, I, I'm really not doing any readings on the show right now. I apologize for that, but I just – that's not really how I operate. Thank you, though. Okay. So how about – can you talk about the economy? Yeah, that's a good question. Someone else asked Yeah, that that's a webcast. good question. That's That's a really good question, and I wanted to comment. That ties into what Maria – um, had said about before she talked about the teeth, she was talking about um, she I meant the word value jumped out at me, and I'm bringing that up because it ties into the question. Um, because I really think that, especially through eclipses, it, it really is about value our value, what we value, where and also where are we putting our energy, right? And I get to ask this too it's like, you know. There's a lot of people that make have continued to make money even in a recession, right? Do you you know the guy the keepers have said you have to be a little bit more of a magician is how they put it, which which I like. <laughs> um, I, I think that one of the ways that what they mean about that is when all of this kind of doomy stuff is coming in, it's important to not give a lot of credence to that. It's important to kind of stay in our own lane and stay in gratitude, stay positive, stay listening to Carrie's wonderful positive show and all these other things that kind of lift us up. Are we going to have – well, basically, when you have Uranus and Taurus, like we have now until 2024, it brings two things. It brings instability. It brings instability with with earth changes and weather events, which, my goodness, were, you know, two hurricanes in Florida, just for an example – a um, lot going on with that, and then it also can bring financial instability, and that ties into what Carrie and I were talking about, about, oh, I don't have that job anymore, or, oh, I need to leave this company, or I need to leave this situation. So I think, you know, as far as long term, I think that next year might be a little rocky. Everybody that I've consulted, um, I do have some really wonderful, you know, colleagues that we kind of compare notes. 2024 is looking more stable financially the next year but that doesn't mean that people you know are going to be broke or it's going to be you know i just think that there'll be more fluctuation through next year and then it kind of stabilizes the year after that that's that's what the astrology says anyway but again i have to add a disclaimer because we're we're creator beings 
You I was know, just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, yes. you know, just because there, are, there's a lot of, you know, you look historically, there are people that became millionaires in the depression. You know, people don't talk about that enough, and I think they should. <laughs> I wrote a book called The Aquarian Path to Abundance, so this is a, a topic, that, again, that I could have a whole whole show on. But um, thank you for your question. Yes, I think that there's a little – there. yeah, there's instability. when you Whatever Uranus touches when it's on the phys- a physical planet like Taurus – but another, this is another good thing to consider. I'm glad I'm being guided to share this. This is about simplification – you know, moving, like, if you don't need, it's about stuff, right? We all have too much, quote, stuff. And in, in the principles of feng shui, when you have too much clutter and too many things, it, it's not good for your own energy flow. So this is a benefit of Uranus and Taurus is really getting us to wake up. I'm in the process of going through all my clothing right now. I'm doing a big purge. I have two bags already. That's a good example of that, right? How can we, and also reuse reusing things. How somebody else can benefit from this item that I no longer have use for. That's a Uranus and Taurus activity that I think is going to be really beneficial and positive that people participate in. So thank you for that question. It's a great question. Thanks thank for your you. answer. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. You're thank you. Sorry you're we welcome. couldn't do the personal readings, so, um, but thank you for the general question. I appreciate it. All right. Okay. Take care. Yeah, I really feel that. Um, I love what you said. I mean, I, I think it's up to us to determine how we respond to instability, whether it's financial yes. or emotional or physical. Um, that is a that is a very personal um, um, thing, you know that that response. And uh, so, even though there there is uh, instability in the world and and perhaps in the financial world and markets moving forward in the next year. Um, I think you're right. We can um, simplify things and and create. I mean, I, I know the power of every morning intending and um, affirming and proclaiming uh, the reality that I I personally wish to experience. And I always intend that it impacts you know the world to whatever degree is possible, or to my community. You know that's, you know? that's Carrie. That's so beautiful. What you just described, I I call that the secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, <laughs> that's not going to be so hopefully it won't be so secret but you know in the long in the long term but another little interesting thing that I've done is as you know I'm very out there with social media I have a lot of accounts interacting with a lot of people and I really have noticed the manipulation that goes on through the media I've been very very aware of, of things of that nature of watching it kind of step, stepping back and going oh this is what everyone's talking about this week and the next week everybody's talking about this right how quickly the media moves on from certain topics and how they'll put it right in the in the forefront of everybody's consciousness so this is another really important reason and another part of I think of when Pluto moves into Aquarius it's like no we're creating this we're going to co-create a, a higher loving context for ourselves and everyone else, not what quote the world or the media or whoever is trying to put in front of our face every day. Right. Yeah. I think that's been glaringly apparent in the last couple of years about shaping of reality and how we need to remember that we, that we're co-creators with source. It's very, very important, especially now. Well, yeah, if you don't open yourself up to be influenced by external um, 
negativity, it doesn't, it doesn't touch you. It doesn't impact you because you're creating for yourself. And it's a lot more fun yes. that way. <laughs> you know, it's a lot more empowering. It is. And it's a challenge, though. Me as a sensitive, empathic person, uh, you know, I've had to find ways to take care of my own energy, to be online as much as I am, you know, and to interact with as many people as I do. I mean, I love my online family. I mean, I just absolutely cherish the people that I've met there. But on the other hand, it, you know, as a sensitive person, it can be draining. So I've had to really find a balance with that. I go on on detox, electronic detoxes twice a year where I get off devices and, you know, I go to Sedona or I go, you know, out in nature and, and kind of fill myself up. And I'm sharing that because I feel like there's some folks on this, on this call that maybe uh, needed to hear that too. So definitely take yeah. care of you. If it adds anxiety or stress or doubt or fear or worry, you know, from my perspective, I, I don't include it in my it's not a part of my reality. I, I don't, I mean, I guess I, I have such, you know, I try to keep my vessel so clear so that I'm as clear for my community and um, family and, and that I can be. I'm just very discerning about that. And like, I'm not going to let that enter my bubble, my, my vessel, my aura. And um, like I said, it, it it's much more empowering that way because you know, when when you do wake up and you intend to have a prosperous, abundant, you know, beautiful, joyful day and to bring that energy wherever you go and let that energy impact others, I mean, what a blessing. And I think we all have that capacity. Um, and uh, that's the gift that we can offer. And uh, and then it's like a ripple effect, <laughs> right? It um, is. It is. So, it's contagious uh, in, a, in a positive way. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. So as we're wrapping up, my dear, um, any, uh, you know, anything else that feels significant to share that perhaps we didn't cover um, regarding intuitive astrology, regarding medical intuition, regarding anything that's kind of come up or that didn't come up at all? Yeah. Well, I'm just... I, you know, the one thing that I was, that's been coming through is I think one of the, one of the ways that we're going to get into the celebratory energy as we go into the holiday season and we get into Sagittarius is people on this call, I mean, I am amazed. I call it people magic because people, people have the magic, right? I mean, it's like really, I don't think people take enough time to really appreciate themselves. You know, we spend a lot of time appreciating others and, admiring them and that's great and that's beautiful but this is a message i was getting too is like it it takes a lot to be here now and as a person that's lost a lot of beings out of my life on a personal level over the last five years people that are no longer here um we have a big you know we have a lot of people cheering us on the other side now which is beautiful but i really would just encourage everybody to really acknowledge like how far you've come on your journey and how great you're doing and Mm -hmm. it's Everybody's really important. Everybody's an important part of the piece of us traveling together. So that that was one of the things that I was guided to share with your community today. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Yes, we all have a significant role and a beautiful, you know, piece of the puzzle. You know, whatever yes. it is, you know, it's unique and special. And uh, so I want to thank all of you for, you know, <laughs> you, your piece of the puzzle and bringing it here to this community, you know, because this community also has its own 
energy field and all the puzzle pieces. And so you play a beautiful role in that. And Irma Kay, you played a beautiful role today. And I'm grateful that you were a part of this sacred circle and brought your empowering energy and information and your joy. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Carrie, it's it's such an honor. I, I absolutely love, always love talking to you, and your community is great. Thank you, thank you so much, and to everybody that, that tuned in today and also everybody that's going to listen in on the replay. I want to thank them as yes. well. And all of you consider um, the offerings that are available, three different offers there for you. Review them and see what feels like, uh, you know, what resonates with you and what you could use some support with. So um, thank you all for joining us on this adventure today. Um, it's been really neat. It's been really fun having you here. I like your energy a lot. And it's been a while, oh, so. Oh, that got you. We, yeah. Yeah. Too. We won't wait as long next thank time. You. So um, We're not waiting as long you. next time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so to all of you, I'm sending waves and waves of love and light and appreciation from my heart to yours. May you feel it, receive it, and then offer it to those you encounter today uh, or tonight, wherever you are in the world. And as always, until next time, which is tomorrow, uh, please give yourself full permission to shine instead of shrink, express instead of suppress, and own that amazing, powerful, unique glow of yours. Uh, take flight, beautiful, beautiful beacons of light, and I'll see you back here in this playground of light next time. Uh, bye, everyone.